Internet privacy is becoming more and more important these days, and using a VPN in general is the best way to ensure you've got it. And ExpressVPN has everything you'd ever want and need in a VPN, and more. I've tried other VPNs, but once I started using Express months ago, I've never looked back. ExpressVPN works on nearly every computer, tablet, and mobile device, and contains a huge network of servers, over 3,000 spanning 94 countries, with great speeds. You can use it to unblock popular online services like Netflix and Facebook, and they value your privacy more than anything. There are no activity or connection logs, and they use PWC-audited servers to confirm compliance with their privacy policy. They are just fantastic, and I could not be more happy to be partnered with them. So if you are interested in trying it out, you can go to expressvpn.com slash clancypasta, or click the link in the description for 3 months free when you order a 12-month subscription. Using my link, you get an awesome deal, and it helps me out a ton as well. Alright, so without further ado, here's the episode. Hello, hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Clancy Pasta. I hope you all had a good day, and I hope you're having a good night. Yeah, I've been telling myself that I'm, I'm gonna get these videos out earlier in the day, but... Uh, I don't know, I just... life keeps, uh, bringing me to the point of working on a video right before bed. So, I hope you guys enjoy these, uh, these late night uploads. So the story of the night is about a guy who goes out on a boat to sea, and he has a very creepy encounter, a very, very strange happening, and uh, it's called I Don't Go Out to Sea Anymore, Here's Why, written by CSS04. Huge thanks to the author for letting me narrate his story, and uh, if you enjoy this channel, and especially if uh, you're watching it through uh, any of the podcasting apps, I would appreciate it if you would consider checking out my Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show, and you get access to completely ad-free narrations, as well as some other perks up there if uh, you're interested. All of you guys have been super positive in the comments lately, and uh, I appreciate all of your comments so much. All the encouragement with uh, the amount of videos I've been putting out, because I have been trying to put out more, and uh, your guys' encouragement telling me what you guys like and what you don't like is uh, very, very encouraging. So, thank you all, I appreciate it. And without further ado, I hope you all enjoy tonight's story, I Don't Go Out to See Anymore, Here's Why, written by CSS04. The ocean can be a wonderful place. It's vast, open, and full of beauty and mystery. At least, it always was for me. I used to go on fishing and sailing trips far out at sea with my dad, but he had begun to get too old to go out for extended trips, so I would oftentimes have to sail alone. I'll admit, it is a strange feeling to be out at sea knowing you're the only person around for miles. You could still chat with others on the radio, but... As for a person-to-person -person interaction, you were out of luck. Unfortunately, this time I did not have the luxury of being alone. I still had my dad's old boat at the time. It was an average-sized boat with a double cabin that was relatively dated. The kitchen and eating area were together with a small table and a window looking out at sea. In the other room were the bedroom and a small bathroom. Outside of both was a flight of stairs leading to the top deck and the partially covered bridge where the controls were. It was small, but familiar. I enjoyed being there and remembering the time that I would spend with my dad there. I had already been out at sea for two days when this took place. 
I was cruising along the east coast in the Atlantic Ocean. At first, my fishing experience was decent. My hauls were enough to keep me well fed. Every few hours or so, I would pass by a boat or two, maybe even striking up a conversation or just simply waving as we crossed paths. Most conversations took place on the radios. As I went further out to sea, however, it had begun to grow quiet. It was on the third night that my trip took a turn for the worse. The day was fair, with only a few clouds. The sunset accompanying it was gorgeous. The only clouds I saw were those on the horizon, but by nightfall they had blanketed the sky completely, aside from the moon which shone brightly above, perforating through the fog. The humidity and fog were palpable, and the water below the boat was as black as ink. It gave off a smothering feeling, and I definitely did not want to go for a swim that night. I was in my boxers, finishing a late night snack and preparing for bed when I first heard it. Thump, thump, thump. The sound was very distant at first. It had to have been coming from miles away. Had there been any sort of music playing or radio turned on, I would likely have missed it. I ignored it at first. It seemed to stop for a while, and all I could hear was the slapping of the dark water against the boat. I had waited long enough and jumped into bed, exhausted and ready to sleep. Thump, thump, thump. I heard it again. I wasn't sure whether I had fallen asleep or not, or how much time had elapsed since I forgot to check the time before bed, but I was exhausted nonetheless. This time the sound was a little bit louder. My heart began to beat a little faster, but it was likely nothing. I climbed up the stairs and onto the bridge, peering out at the thick darkness surrounding me. The sound was much more audible from outside, but it was unclear which direction it was coming from. I was a little annoyed that it kept waking me up, and definitely unsettled by it. I decided to throw on the spotlight that sat just behind me on the bridge. I could only rotate it a little bit, as the bridge was very narrow, but I routinely turned the boat so that I could try and access all angles. Unfortunately, it was difficult to see more than a few dozen feet with the fog as bad as it was. After seeing nothing, I decided I would try to go to sleep once again. Hopefully, the sound would stop. My boat lights were still on as I descended back into bed. I would always leave them on so other boats could see me so that we didn't collide. On this night, I didn't want to, but I figured that if the sounds were coming from another boat, then I wanted them to know where I was so there would be no accidents. I had finally begun to drift off before I heard the noise again. This time, it was much louder. Thump, thump thump. The thumping continued as I ascended up the ladder, but like the other two times, it ceased as soon as I made it outside. What the hell? I thought to myself, both enraged and terrified at the same time. The thought that I wasn't alone out here was very disquieting. As I reached the bridge, I flashed on the spotlight and immediately regretted it. It was very difficult to see, but way off in the distance, Partially buried in the sea of fog that seemed to be clearing up somewhat, was another ship. My heart dropped to the depths of the sea. The ship was very dark. It looked dirty, almost like a ghost ship, but I didn't think that those were real outside of legends. It wasn't moving. 
I came to the disturbing realization that whoever was on it was watching me. And even worse, as soon as they saw me emerge, they would always cut the engine. I shone the spotlight around a bit more in an effort to make it look like I hadn't yet discovered them. Afterward, I cut the power to the spotlight, and everything was dark aside from my boat. I pretended to climb down the ladder and waited just out of sight. All was quiet for a few minutes. Suddenly, I heard the thumping of the other boat's motor growing louder and louder with each passing minute. I wasted no time throwing myself into the driver's seat, killing all the lights and flooring the boat. I threw the engine into maximum power and I lurched backward as the boat flew forward into the darkness. I drove for at least 10 to 15 minutes before finally stopping far off at sea. There's no way they could have followed me here, I thought to myself. I stayed on the bridge with the lights off for 5 minutes. There were no sounds aside from the water slapping up against the boat. Satisfied with my work, I went to sleep. I awoke again to a very bright light piercing the cabin. I was expecting a gorgeous sunrise and a peaceful rest where I could put the previous night's events behind me as nothing more than a bad memory. To my shock and horror, the cabin was still pitch black aside from a beaming light that poured into the cabin. When it turned off, I realized it was the spotlight of another ship, and it was very close. I rose immediately to go back upstairs, but I froze as soon as I heard what likely woke me up. My heart sank. There were the familiar thudding and thumping noises, but this time it was the loudest it had ever been. It wasn't coming from out at sea anymore, but it was coming from above me. The wooden floorboards were creaking with every movement. The ship would creak and moan throughout the night usually, especially being as old as it was, but this was something otherworldly and far too close and patterned for comfort. There's no way they could have found me. How did they follow me? I thought with horror. Just the thought that they knew where I was, even with my lights off and my ship far away, was horrifying. I stayed in the bedroom for a while, trying to silently move my way over to the cabinet where Dad kept his rifle without alerting whoever was above me that I had awoken. I was sick to my stomach as I realized that I'd forgotten to lock the hatch that led down into the cabins. I grabbed the rifle and threw a few rounds in the chamber, praying that the person above couldn't hear me. The boat creaked and tilted as I made my way to the cabin door. There was a small little window on the door where I could see into the hall outside, but it was too dark to see much of anything. I pushed the door to my cabin open, horrified at the creaking noise that it made and praying that nobody could hear me. I slowly inched my way up to the bridge as quietly as possible. Thankfully, there was nobody there. I glanced down at the dark deck below me, and I saw a grotesquely tall and overweight man standing there. Even though it was really dark, I could still see his pale skin and its long, greasy, matted hair that looked black. I was army crawling on all fours, praying that he could not see me. Fortunately, he never turned to face me. He just kept moving around seemingly arbitrarily in the dark. I thought about shooting him, but I was worried that I would go to jail if it was just a random guy. How would I be able to prove his bad intentions? 
For all I knew, he just needed help, though deep down I knew that his intentions had to be sinister. With the courage that I never knew I could muster, I jumped down from the bridge and hit the asshole with the back of my rifle, causing him to fall under his own weight and knocking him into the water with an enormous splash. In a thunderous fury, I climbed back up on the bridge and floored the ship again, this time not stopping the engine until dawn. When there was finally light again, I felt comfortable enough to stop. I was the only ship out at sea, but at least the fog had cleared and there was nobody around me for miles. I didn't sleep a second during those few hours of terror. I finally climbed back down the stairs and made my way into the hallway toward the kitchen. I was practically starving. As I brushed past the cabin door in my peripheral vision, I saw an eye in the upper half of someone's face. It was extremely difficult to keep walking without screaming. Someone's still in here with me. I was disgusted to come to the realization that someone had been on the boat with me for the last few hours, even when I thought I was safe. I went to the kitchen and fixed myself a meal as if nothing was wrong, wishing I had brought my rifle with me. What was even worse was the fact that the large kitchen knife that was usually in the cuddlery drawer was missing. My eyes started welling up with tears at the realization that whoever was in there was probably armed and going to butcher me. In case you were thinking that I could just call someone on my phone, phones weren't widespread in those days, and even then, who was there to call that would come in time? I was completely alone, just me and some psycho. I tiptoed over to the hallway and peeked around it. To my horror, the bedroom door was wide open. Facing the wall at the end of the hallway was the same unsightly, grotesquely tall and overweight man at the end. He was still soaking wet, pale, and was wearing a dirty t-shirt and stained jeans. He was barefoot and his feet were dirty as well. I stepped backward, causing the floorboard to creak beneath me. Slowly and in an almost robotic fashion, he turned around. His face was the worst of all. He looked almost normal from behind, but when he turned around, his smile was nothing short of pure evil. As my eyes lowered, I realized that he was holding the large kitchen knife that was missing from the kitchen. With that evil smile on his face, he charged down the hallway, running in an almost inhuman fashion. I slammed the door shut and he collided with it, sticking the knife through the thin wooden door that was designed not to weigh a lot. With a few solid kicks from such a lumbering beast of a man, the door flew open. By then, I had grabbed the tall lamp that stood by the kitchen table, and I whipped it into the side of his head, shattering the bulb and causing him to stagger backward and fall over, dropping the knife onto the floor. Without thinking, I kicked it out into the hallway and ran out, locking the door to the hallway behind me. The hatch was made of steel and would be much more difficult to break out of if he woke up, though I wasn't sure if I killed him or not. I remembered reading somewhere that a hit to the right place of the head could kill someone. At full speed, I headed straight back to port, my detour of last night costing me another two hours. By the time I was a few miles to shore, I was able to radio into the police. I hadn't heard any noises from below deck, but I sure as hell wasn't opening that hatch without them there, regardless of having my rifle. 
Just before sunset, I pulled into port. The police were already waiting around the dock with guns out. I pulled in and jumped off the boat. I was never so glad as to hold land again. The cops boarded the boat and began to search inside of it. After five to ten minutes had passed, they came out. I expected them to have that freaking cuffs, but to my shock, they emerged empty-handed. They asked me if I was positive that someone was in there, and I told them to look again. A few officers did another quick sweep and told me that there was nobody in there. I stood on that dock, terrified as hell, watching the officers walk away, leaving me alone with the boat. Home was still a few ports away, and I was able to refill my fuel, at least. Sunset was in full effect now. I had returned from one of the restaurants where I got dinner. I walked around the dock that surrounded the boat on three sides. When I went to the side facing the ocean, I gasped. The kitchen window. No, it's not possible. The kitchen window was eerily open. I remember the man was far too overweight. It simply couldn't have been possible for him to fit in there. Hadn't anyone jumped out while I was in port, the cops would have surely seen it. No, this man was out there in the ocean somewhere. That was the only explanation. The motor had been running so fast, I never heard a splash. I was sick to my stomach, backing away from the open window slowly. What if he's already made it to shore? What if he's watching me, right now? The thoughts were very disquieting. I paranoidly glanced around at the bushes and buildings around me, seeing nothing but feeling watched. It was already beginning to get dark, so I jumped on the boat, careful to make sure nobody was on there with me. When I felt satisfied, I booked it out of that port and headed straight home. Thankfully, I made it back in one piece. The trip took me all night with the engine running at high speed. It was another long night with little to no sleep. I constantly found myself inspecting the boat, but each time there was nothing there, nor were there any ships on the horizon. What still gets me to this day is the realization that he was still somewhere out there, and then maybe others weren't as lucky as me. I'll never know what his intentions were with me at first, who he was, and if he was alone or not. I'll never forget the way he looked, nor will I forget in his run-down boat that stalked me. I never saw that man again. A few months later, I sold my dad's boat and my house and used the cash to move away from the coast. Now I live in the suburbs with my wife and kids. None of them know this story and I hope they don't find out. But one thing is for certain, I will not be going out to sea ever again. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description, and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com stores slash clancypastastore. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>